Yo, what's up, people? Welcome to our live stream. Today, we're going to be discussing a social media tip. Do artists need to show their face? And if you would like to learn how to turn your artistic weakness into your strength, check out artprof.org, where we have lots of free resources, tutorials, critiques, art dares, pro development, and all that cool stuff. So, Claire, why don't you get us started on the conversation today? This is a very complicated topic, and people have a lot of very strong feelings about it because showing your face is complicated no matter where you are. I know a lot of people find photos of themselves very embarrassing or cringy and to make it public and associate it with your artwork on social media, that's a really hard thing for a lot of people. And it's not something you get over overnight. Jordan, I know you had a lot of hesitation about photos of yourself online. Yeah, it feels awkward to me. And I think because most artists tend to be introverted, we like to let our work speak for us. And uh, when you have to add that photo of what you actually look like, it can create some sort of weird, uh, weird uncomfortableness to it. So, yeah, I think a lot of people struggle with this. I hate taking selfies. <laughs> And it's really only in the past year that I have gotten over that. I think selfies just always look awkward. There's a weird angle or the lighting looks bad. But I started noticing, Jordan, that whenever somebody I know posts an Instagram story of themselves, I like it more. Mm -hmm. Lauren Welch has been doing that. She's been doing some Instagram stories of herself. And those are my favorite out of her Instagram stories, even though I love her work. Yeah. What about you, Jordan? Does it matter to you to see the artist's face? Um, not always, it, but I do find it interesting when I realize I don't know what they look like at all. Um, there are some people where I just I just don't even think about it. And then I'll go like, what does Hicham Hapchi look like or something with my favorite artist? I'm like, I don't know what he looks like at all. I have, I have zero clue. I don't know what ethnicity he is. I don't know how tall he is. You know, there, I don't know if he has a beard or not. Like, there's all these questions I have. And so there is that mystery sometimes that I wish could be solved. Well, Raven is bringing up, maybe it makes audiences feel more connected to the artists if they see their faces. Well, tell us in the chat, when you get to see the artist's face, do you feel that you have a stronger connection to them? Because I know a lot of people really feel pressure to show their faces on social media, but with artists, you don't have to, because our identity is wrapped up in our artwork. But the thing is, social media is very different than reading a book. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people want to feel that they are with the artists, that they are following their journey, and that's pretty hard to do without a photo of their face. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, it, it's just that that there's a challenge. No matter which way you spin it, there's always going to be the challenge of should I post my work more? Should I post myself more? And uh, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer to it. It all is going to depend on that individual. But I don't think it's going to hurt ultimately if you at least give it a shot and see what happens. Crosby says, taking selfies genuinely caused me to have panic attacks sometimes. I can't stand taking the selfies. But the thing is, I do know that people connect with faces very differently than they do with just seeing the artwork. 
Seven Angelic says it's got to be a personal connection thing, but also do we need a strong personal connection to the person if you don't know them? What do you think? Um, I don't know. I do. If we need a strong personal connection, let's put it like this. I think I'll, I'll bring up Bob Ross because I think we all know who he is. I don't know anyone who's ever been totally enamored by any of his paintings, but we all know him as a person. We all connect with him and we, we, we remember his demeanor and everyone's like, oh, I just love the way he talks and stuff. And so he's become an icon just for who he was, not necessarily his work. Um, and that is an interesting shift uh, because typically we're so used to seeing the work itself. But I don't know a single person who's been like this one piece of Bob's is, you know, the one that I aspire to, you know. Cass Buena says it just makes them a bit more real when we see the artist's face. Yeah, I think sometimes this is weird, but I feel like if I've never seen a picture of the artist, it's like, do they exist? Which I know is weird, but it just can sometimes come across as not really confirming <laughs> that they are actually there with us. So yeah. that brings up the next question, because one thing that I do think is very effective on social media is seeing an artist's hands, because that does bring you into their world and show you a little bit more about who they are, how they use their materials. So let's have a compare and contrast. Here's a photograph. This is my friend, Jun Che. And here's just a photo of his hands. Now, Jordan, how does this change your perception of mm -hmm. him as an artist, seeing the face versus just a photo of the hand in art? Yeah, it, for some reason, when it's just the hand, it feels almost manicured. It feels, uh, it feels impersonal. And uh, as if someone said, just put your hand next to it and pretend like you're working on it. Whereas when I see the face, it looks like he's actively uh, sculpting, like he's actively invested in what he's doing. And you could see the connection between him and his work. And it feels more raw to me. The thing about Che, he has this very serene look when he works. And I think that contributes to us seeing the relationship between his artwork and how he engages with it. I'm a big fan of seeing artists' faces. I don't think that's the case for everybody. We did a poll on Instagram and YouTube. A lot of people said, oh, it doesn't matter. I think it really does. Because for me, it's a big difference in terms of how I perceive that artist. Here's another photo. This is my friend, Jessica Strauss. She's a sculptor. She does these incredible wood constructions. And Jordan, you don't know Jessica, right? No, I didn't know the last artist you mentioned either. <laughs> okay. So this is Jessica here. How does this change your perception? Um, again, it just feels it feels more focused. It feels more um, intentional that there's real effort put into it. Because I'll, I'll admit, there have been times where I've taken photos of my hands working, and I've already completed the artwork. I just post, you know, putting my hand right next to it. But when I see the face, and it, you know, it, it draws me in even more, and um, there's just something about it that, you know, that feels like they're putting themselves into their work, I guess the best way I can, I can put it. This is a point from Moses who says, showing your personality can make your artwork stick 
more to people. This art by this lovely guy. <laughs> well, here's an example. Will Cotton is a very hot New York City painter. And I'm not a big fan of his work, but he came to speak at my graduate school. And I really liked his lecture. In fact, I liked his lecture and the way he spoke about his work so much that I actually looked at his work later and said, you know, I'm starting to see something here. And so sometimes that really can make or break the way somebody perceives your work. Because if I'd never heard him speak, I would, oh, well, Cotton, whatever. Mm -hmm. But now I don't look at him that way. So it can be very impactful. Mm. Here's the thing. People will stay for you, not just the artwork. Right. My example is anybody can bake a chicken, but can they bake a chicken the way you do? For example, Jordan, when we were in California, you told me that you have a really good Wakandan accent. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I told you that. Yeah, I, uh, I convinced my six-year-old cousin I was the Black Panther one time. And he, after about five minutes, he totally believed me and asked me what Wakanda was like. It was great. It was really cute. <laughs> well, now you have to do it for us. So I think oh, you man. need to give us a figure drawing tip with a Wakandan accent. Okay. okay. <laughs> I gotta stop laughing. <laughs> okay, hold on. Okay, so when you are drawing the figure, you have to draw very loosely. You have to make sure you're not gripping the pencil too, too tough. Because if you grip the pencil too tough, then it will mess up your lines. How's that? <laughs> oh, Wakanda forever. <laughs> <laughs> I give figure drawing tips all the time. I could say the exact same thing as you. But the thing is, you delivering it in a Wakandan accent, I can't do that. And that's the difference. If I never heard that, I wouldn't be dying of laughter right this second. So you have to realize that a lot of people can do the same thing. But the way Jordan does it is very different than the way that I do it. And that's an important distinction to make. Now, I want to show you a more expanded example. This is Andrew Raftery, my former professor at RISD. And I did shoot a whole bunch of conversations with him that are going to be coming to the channel fairly soon. So I'm going to show you all these images of his work, gallery exhibition, and his hands. Really nice photos. I mean, yeah, they're mine. But <laughs> you can get a lot out of this. Mm -hmm. But then, Jordan, what happens when you see him talking to me? I, you just see him as a person. I think, I think we're so used to disconnecting the art from the artist, especially if you go to a museum, you see the artwork, you might see a plaque, you might even see an image of, of them, like in their, you know, two inches tall or something. But when you have an image like this, and you see them interacting, you realize, oh, they are actually a human, they do actually, you know, eat, sleep and, and, you know, ha have exciting moments in life and sad moments in life. And you realize that they are just like you, um, they just happen to have a particular skill that they excel in. And seeing Andrew in the context of his garden, which is this beautiful, luscious garden that he grows from seed. He uses a watering can when he's painting with watercolor. He has this old fashioned hat. I mean, he's such a distinctive personality. And for me, a big part of 
the work he makes is about him as a person and how he lives his life. He moves at such a slow pace compared to your typical person. And I just always feel like when I talk to him that time has slowed down. And I love that interaction. Super Chansey says, can the picture backfire like people not relating to you because of your photo? Sorry, there's a smoke alarm going on. <laughs> uh, can the picture backfire like people not relating to you because of your photo? Uh, I've never seen that really. Um, I mean, the worst case, the worst thing that will happen is people just don't like it, but I don't think anyone's going to go on there and intentionally just uh, say something bad or anything. If anything, it'll just kind of move right by them. So I wouldn't worry about that too, too much. Kath says, I have this time seeing the artist's work on the art put me off. I think it's when it feels like the person was making a show of themselves primarily and the artwork only secondarily. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some really extreme versions <laughs> online. Lauren said there's a ceramicist and the ceramics are just another prop because it's all about his abs. So yeah, that can be the case. But I think a lot of that has to do with how the artist portrays themselves, chooses to portray themselves. Or another point that Lisa's making, if you're too nervous, your presentation can be off-putting. It's uncomfortable at first to show your face. And of course, you're going to be a little bit nervous. And that's fine. I have a lot of cringy videos on our YouTube channel. But Jordan, it's like anything. It's a skill. You have to get used to it. Yeah. And, and quite honestly, when you're just starting out, chances are your audience is going to be real small anyway. And, you know, I think the people that really enjoy you will like to see that progression of how you start off as super nervous and shaking, like Courage the Cowardly Dog, to you becoming a master live streamer and or artist and you just be able to present. That's how I started off. I was too afraid to ask questions in my senior class, senior year in high school, and now I'm live streaming on the internet for thousands of people, which is weird, <laughs> <laughs> on two YouTube channels, so yeah. This is a good point from Sonnet, who says, I also think when you don't see the artist at all, you kind of feel, what are you hiding? I think it can feel a little bit evasive that you are intentionally setting up that wall to prevent people from seeing you as a person. And I know I work with a lot of older artists who say to me, I, I don't look that great and I'm not some cute, young, hip person. But that's exactly why we need to see more of that. We need to see that, you know, we don't all look like Hugh Jackman. I mean, <laughs> that's okay. Most people do not look like Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> but I think we need that visibility. If you're an older artist, put yourself out there so we can recognize that artists are not all 26 and hot. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I Yeah. I, it takes a while, and I think for everyone, even on the art prof staff, we've all had those moments, or maybe even still have those moments of just insecurity when it comes to posting. Um, and but it's something that I think is worth it if you're willing to give it a shot, because all it's going to do is bring people in closer to you. You're not going to repel people by showing who you are. Let's put it like that. Another thing, we naturally connect with faces. There's a reason why every five years somebody says. They saw the face of Barack Obama in a grilled cheese sandwich. People are looking for faces. <laughs> and I love this photo of you, Jordan, 
because you definitely have a drawing face and <laughs> i know what it looks like you're like very calm but you're like ultra focused and i just think if i saw this just your hand on the cintiq mm -hmm. i think we're missing a lot about mm -hmm. you as a person and mm -hmm. You know, to me, you're you're such a kind, gentle person, and here I I don't see that at all. You know, it's funny because my friend took that photo just out of nowhere. I didn't even know it was taken until like four hours after the fact, and <laughs> you know, it, it was just one of those moments where um, I'm I'm also glad it, it happened. But yeah, I, th I think you're right. I think I was kind of surprised by my own image when I saw it. Um, I didn't realize what I looked like when drawing because I'm not focused on me i'm focused on what i'm creating and so it's really cool to see that variation ginger sal says i started showing my face on my instagram and my followers went up so that was interesting if you haven't shown your face online tell us in the chat and tell us if you are thinking about it because obviously you should do what you're comfortable with i don't think anybody should be forced to show their face and for some people it's a privacy issue but what we're saying is that, wow, it's a big impact. And if right. you do want to develop a following, it's a very concrete thing you can do to change your engagement with your audience. Now, here's an exercise that I tell people to do. Go through your Instagram and take notes. Observe your own behavior. Look at the posts and ask yourself, when you see a picture of the artist, do you react positively? to seeing the artist's face. Because Jordan, I confess, some posts on Instagram annoy me. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> I just scroll right by. I'm like, oh, that's that person again doing this. Sometimes is the point that I unfollow them. But I definitely have posts I look at. I'm like, oh, that's so cute. I love that. Mm -hmm. And so you have to figure out what that is for you. And if that does impact how you use social media, because Jordan, I think oftentimes what we like as social media users, we don't realize that we're not doing any of the things <laughs> that we actually like on social media. Do you have that? Yeah, we talked about it when you were out in California. We were on a trip about, you know, like we, we literally sat down and talked about uh, Instagram pages and, you know, how everything worked and talked about the stuff that I was attracted to or, or was drawn to. And there's a big difference sometimes. And I think there is a benefit in analyzing a little more closely to make sure that you are doing the things that are successful. Melissa Wood says, I think by showing yourself, you are simply reinforcing the truth behind your art. It can be that way because a lot of us take criticism to our artwork very personally. And there's a reason why we are deeply a part of the artwork we make. And when you think about it that way, we as a person that is not separate from the art it can't be because we are our artwork in some ways i do want to bring this up though from crispy and this actually brings us to the next point crispy says i feel like it can be that way but also a lot of younger people on social media myself included have had bad experiences which leads to the fear of being seen messaged and harassed i do think it's different if you're under 18. Yeah, I think if you're if you're that concerned or if you are under 18, 
um, you definitely have to be very careful about that sort of stuff because you don't want to invite unnecessary harassment or uh, danger or whatever that uh, that could potentially happen. And so it's not meant to scare you guys, but it is to let you know to be cautious. And you know, there's a risk to everything. Whether you put if you don't put your face out there, then there's potential that your audience might not grow as much like we've been talking about. But if you do, there you know there you invite another risk of um of things that may or may not be good for you so you just have to weigh those balances and figure out what works best in your situation i can tell you that i am adamant to my children who are 15 and 13 you may not show your face on social media i've made that extremely clear to them and you'll notice i'm very private about my kids i'll tell you i have two and that they are 13 and 15 but that's it I won't even say their name. I won't show a photo of them. So I'm very protective as a parent. And that's, of course, everybody's personal choice. But I think whatever you end up doing, if you are under 18, you have to realize that that is a safety issue because you are younger and because you are more vulnerable. You don't have all the knowledge in terms of how to deal with things. So these are my rules. I show Maggie, my sister-in-law's dog, and I show the guinea pigs absolutely no children or family members because I do have times where we go to my mother-in-law's house and I take all these photos of people eating food, but I never show their faces because I know that's an invasion of their privacy. So that is something you definitely need to think about. Here's what's interesting. Kat did my Instagram observations exercise and she said she didn't realize she was doing this. She said when she taps on an Instagram profile of an artist that she just found out about, she told me the first thing she does on that profile grid, she looks for a picture of the artist. Why do you think she does that, Jordan? Um, I think it's kind of like we said earlier, we're naturally drawn to faces. Um, like even in the real world, like sometimes people see a, a wall outlet and they'll see a face in that. And so if you're looking at an Instagram page, you want to see oftentimes what who who's making it like who's the creator who's the founder who's the the maker of the beautiful work you're saying it's always really interesting wilmy says on the other hand not knowing who the artist is like banksy it can add to the mystery to your imagination mm -hmm. banksy's definitely an exception <laughs> because banksy has built this mystique about who they are as an artist. And honestly, I don't think a lot of people can get away with that. I would see Banksy as somewhat of an anomaly. Mm -hmm. Maybe there could be somebody else who pulls that off, but I think the reason he pulls it off is because he is that one artist who deliberately is like, you, I am such a mystery. I'm mm -hmm. so hip and cool. And I don't think a lot of people can do that. Yeah, because there's, there's a whole lore or mythos around Banksy as a whole. So yeah, I I don't know if any of us are to pull that off. We Secret identities usually only work with superheroes. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Adam A says, I feel like my personality doesn't match with my drawings. I'm usually a happy, positive person, but my drawings are the opposite. It would give my followers a shock. <laughs> That's exactly me. I mean, if any of you have seen my artwork, my artwork is not really that perky. But as a person, I am like that. And that's why I think it's fun to see how people are not that straightforward. We all have different facets to who we are. 
And I just think that enriches us as an artist. And then there are people who look just like their artwork. Have you seen this, Jordan? <laughs> I see, yeah, I've seen that before. I've seen that. It's kind of hilarious, actually. <laughs> By the way, when Jordan and I were traveling in California, I told Jordan, you're my social media project this week. <laughs> we're going to shoot all these cute fun pictures of you. And I know Jordan, for you, that was a little uncomfortable because you're such a modest person. It was weird. It was very weird. Uh, I don't, I'm not, oh my gosh. Okay. so <laughs> I wrote that text caption, by the way, that's yeah. not Jordan. He I, just sent me the photo. <laughs> yeah. I was, I want to make that very clear. I did not put that together. I don't want you guys thinking I'm some sort of vain individual. But, um, you know, I'm just going to let Clara explain this. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to So Jordan posted this photo because, dude, you've been working out like crazy. And I think we can all see the difference. I mean, you've got muscles. Like, Jordan, you worked so hard for these muscles. Don't you want to show them off? And he's like, oh. But come on, don't you guys love this picture? It's just so fun. <laughs> You know, I had to be forced to post that by my trainer <laughs> and a few friends. I'm like, Jordan, if you don't post this, you know, and so that's the only reason I was talked into it. It was very what weird. What was the reaction to this Instagram post? Everyone was shocked. They had no idea that I was working out. And um, I, got, I got one comment that was like, Jordan Schwarzenegger. And, <laughs> like, and uh, you said, oh, my gosh, this is super high. <laughs> like, <laughs> like There's just, just all these uh, there's all these really nice comments on, on it. It was very motivational. Uh, I don't think I'll post it that much, though, because uh, I'm not trying. I'm, I'm trying to keep it to the art, you know, but every once in a while, if I feel good, I might share another fitness progress photo. We'll see. <laughs> but see, that's where it's fun, because I don't think you need to show your face all the time. But see, that's why that photo had an impact, because mm -hmm. we hadn't seen your muscles every day. All of mm -hmm. a sudden, you just popped up with these muscles. We all went, what? <laughs> Yeah, I gained like 30 pounds of muscle in like three months. So I was proud of that. <laughs> We've got some super stickers, one from RB Dick and another one from Amanda Norris. <laughs> Thank you all so much for your support. We need that support. Every single super sticker has an impact. We're such a small organization that $50 helps us. So please consider supporting us through a super chat. Now we do have a lot of people in the chat who said, I think showing my fist will help, but I'm embarrassed. I took a bunch of selfies and oh, they were horrible and I could never post these. There is a way around that. And so we're gonna give you a couple of tips. For example, a lot of people think they have to just take two selfies and oh, they look terrible. Of course they look terrible. Look at all these ones that I took. This is probably half. Usually if I'm posting a selfie, I'll take 20, 25 photos and then I'll pick the best one. Jordan, you know uh, somebody on TikTok who said they take what, 100 <laughs> for one Yeah, selfie? yeah. So so there's this, uh, this model on TikTok and she had a, a caption that says she takes like 100 200 photos and then only posts like the top three 
Um, and she's a freaking model. Like she's probably more gorgeous than anyone here will ever be. And that, and she even does that. And so to hear, to see that from her, you know, everyone deals with the same things. Like we all struggle with finding a good photo of ourselves sometimes. Well, this is a photo you posted on Instagram and you had three versions, but then you picked this one and mm -hmm. you can see why, because the one on the right, you just look so confused. <laughs> and then the one in the middle, the background doesn't look that great. I feel like there's almost too much of it. The floor isn't really that pretty. And this one is just so much better for all these different reasons. And nobody can take one selfie and be done. Pretty much everybody has to do a bunch. Like this is Kat when we were in Portugal and they're both pretty good photos, but I ended up picking this one. Jordan, why do you think I picked the one on the right as opposed to the one on the left? Uh, I think the one on the right just feels more, it, so the one on the left feels like it's, she's pointing all towards the, the, um, the storefront, but the one on the right feels more intimate with the camera, with the viewer, and just feels more involved and I am more drawn to that one personally. I picked the one on the right because I think her posture feels more confident on the left, she looks like she's swinging a little bit. It's a little bit strangely framed. But then on top of that, I also cropped it. Why do you think I cropped out the people who are waiting in line, Jordan? Um, it's sort of like when we talk about composition, there's dead space. And the focus of the photo is not the people standing on the sidelines. It's Kat holding up the little sign and look, looking all cute and stuff. So by cropping it, you can centralize more on what you actually want to see. And then you still see some of the background in, in Portugal and all that, and that's nice, but you get to see the, the focal point more clearly. Shooting good photos, I think we all know that's a skill. And it took me a while before I felt like I knew how to shoot photos, how many to shoot, what to crop, what to look for. I think that is extremely helpful. So don't get mad at yourself if you don't get great photos right away. So we did some shoots <laughs> with Jordan. I told Jordan I was going to take all these glamour shots so that way he could stock up for Instagram. And these are all cute photos of Jordan. But I picked this one. Why, Jordan, do you think I picked this one? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I think it... Wise. Huh? Composition wise, why do you think oh. I picked the one on the left? Well, the I think it just feels more natural. It feels more um in action. The other the others actually feel a lot more posed, especially the one on the right. It feels more like sit there while I take this photo. And I think in the one on the left, I was genuinely laughing at something. It might have even been just the awkwardness of the situation for me that I was laughing at. Um, but it came out looking a lot better than I thought it would. So yeah. <laughs> I did do a little art direction. <laughs> Guys, yes. I'm used to directing people in videos. And oftentimes you can get people to do something that they wouldn't do if they just stand there and pose. And so I'd often tell you something funny or I'd ask you to do your Wakandan accent. We'd end up laughing. And that's when I could snap that moment in time where you do look natural and you're not just posing there awkwardly. 
here's another tip. This is the biggest tip for selfies. Honestly, this one, if you do this, it will fix 80% of your problems. Most selfies look bad because you're doing indoor lighting. If you just go outside, it's such a big difference. I mean, what's wrong with these selfies, Jordan? Um, you wrote it best. Bad lighting, ugly backgrounds, just awkward framing. It feels very, um, very unplanned. Like you just like, here's the camera. Here's the, you know, the the photo button. <laughs> and you just went around doing that. It doesn't feel as composed or as um, cinematic as some of the other ones. Well, these are just horrible pictures of me. I mean, look at the one on the left. I look really upset. I, I look like I'm in, stuck in some terrible horror movie. And look at the backgrounds. The second one from the right, I mean, I'm standing in front of a cabinet with towels. Like, that is not something people will want to look at. The one on the right, you see the light that's at the top. Now, that's actually an okay-looking light, but it's really weirdly positioned in relation to my head. I mean, it almost looks like a hideous hat that I'm wearing. <laughs> Another option, you don't have to go outside, but you can find a window with diffused light. So Jordan, why is this indoor image with diffused light, why is it better than this where it's just regular boring bulbs in my house? Right. Well, with with bulbs, you know, there's usually that strong spotlight and it uh, it, it can create a weird effect sometimes. Golden hour lighting is usually best because you know outside you get that strong light. But when you have a diffuse light, there's no super strong shadows or anything, and it's much more uh, uh, conducive to photography, uh, generally speaking. And so, um, it, it actually creates a better looking image overall, and it's easier on the eye. Another concern with lighting: color. What's up with the color here? Why does indoor lighting usually look bad in terms of color? Yeah, you're, you're, you look like you're running high on a fever or something like that. There's a, there's a lot of red <laughs> and um, almost a little sickly, like you just don't feel good. <laughs> uh, but with the other image, it's so much more natural. It feels, you know, it's it's it feels inspiring, motivational. You know, like you're having a good time in your studio, not high stress. This is what I'm doing. You'll notice that a lot of indoor lighting tends to be very yellow, and that doesn't look great. When you have a window light, basically the colors are very cool. And so you notice that a lot of photos that people have, the lighting is so weirdly yellow that you just will always go wrong in terms of the skin color. This is such a cute picture of you zoomed out and these are really fun because it shows the location. I mean, sure, it's fun to have studio shots, but guys, doesn't Jordan look great here? This is such a cute photo of you. <laughs> <laughs> I like that photo. I like the photo. And the drink was really good, too. It, it yes. was like dragon fruit. fruit yeah, drink. we got you hooked on the Starbucks refreshers. <laughs> I didn't know they existed. I never go to Starbucks. I don't drink coffee. So I never walk in there. And it was just great. That was a good, that was a good time. Another thing, get creative. With the photos, you don't always have to make eye contact. In fact, sometimes eye contact is really hard to do. And so throwback photos are super fun. This is you in high school? No, no, no. That was, wow, you think I was that young? I, I was in grad school. <laughs> oh, grad school. 
This is, <laughs> I was maybe 25 in this photo. And this is the sign about people who finished the 2500 challenge. And so I was the fourth one. So I'm just pointing to my name there. This is a great tip from Heather who says, if you're shooting a video of someone, keep rolling for about 10 seconds after they think they're done, you can get some nice candid moments. That's a great tip. I think I'm going to use that, Heather. And plus, Jordan, isn't it funny to see 19-year-old baby Clara? <laughs> it is. It definitely is. Man. And this is my senior year in college. I remember this. I remember I was, I guess it was 20, yeah, 21, 22, something like that. My, I didn't even know my friend took this photo. She posted it on, on social media. I was like, what the heck is this? <laughs> so, yeah. This is me in art school. And friends and family, of course, you have to get permission from them. But I always tell Jordan, I need to ask his mom, what did you do? What is the magic bullet? Because you created this amazing human. How did that happen? And can I just do whatever you did to my kids? But this I'm is sure such she, a cute picture, Jordan. I'm sure she would love to know that. I'll sh I'll make sure I show her this clip. Um, that's a conversation for the moms to have. I don't I don't know yeah. what to say. <laughs> but it's also so much fun to see you with your friends. Lisa says, is it helpful to engage two friends, one to talk to you, another to snap the shots? That's helpful. You can't always do it. But if you're hanging out with a bunch of friends, I mean, that's pretty easy, Jordan. Yeah, this one was a really easy photo. We were all just drawing in the library, doing our 2500 challenge. And I was like, guys, we got to get a photo for for the group. And it's it's become one of the, the standout shots for our entire Draw Hogs Anonymous crew. Childhood photos. Why do people like these, Jordan? <laughs> Who doesn't love cute childhood photos? I mean, the missing teeth, the you know, the the funny sized faces and the big cheeks, and you know, the the naivety. Like, there's so many things that are just great about childhood photos. I mean, Jordan. People here are saying, like Amanda, Jordan has the best smile, but you were so oh, cute. You. Like, I can't even stand how cute you were when you were. Yeah, I, I this was actually my dad's favorite photo too. Uh, I think I was maybe in the fifth grade when it, when we took this photo, and uh, yeah, one of the moms at my school is a professional photographer, so she made sure she got that moment. And uh, I love yeah, this photo. Was, yeah, and this is me with all my paintings in the background, sticking up my tongue, being a weirdo, and these are fun too because you just have to laugh at how dumb they are, and that's what lets you engage with people. Because the thing is, people can tell if you're having fun with your photo. How can you tell that I'm not, oh, I have to take a selfie in this picture? I think, there, first off, we can sort of tell when someone is not comfortable. It's, it's very easy to tell, I think, just because we're so connected to p other people usually. Um, but also, it feels like a natural smile. There's a difference between actually smiling and then just like, you know, like you feel like you're being forced from behind the camera or something. So I think you're not displaying any of those like awkward, you know, emotions or anything like that. You're just ready to go. You're ready for the photo op. Good point from Sonnet, who says people usually hate their photos, but everyone else loves them. It's like hearing your own voice. Has anybody here recorded themselves and listened to it back? 
I'm used to it now, but Jordan, I imagine you did go through that. Oh my God, I can't stand hearing my own voice. It was weird because I think, I guess everyone hears their voice differently in their head than what it is in real life. And I was shocked. I was like, it sounds like this. And it took me years to get over it. But like you said, we've been on so many streams and have done so many critique recordings and stuff. That's, it's just whatever at this point. Thank you so much, Sonnet, for the super sticker. That support is so incredibly important to us. So everybody keep chipping in. And the other thing is photos of people, let them into your world. Jordan, why do you think people like these photos of me and Kat in Portugal? I think we're so used to seeing you guys in the context of a live stream and uh, just, you know, maybe from like shoulders up and talking about art or other related topics. But here it's, you know, oh, wow, we actually can see you walking down the, down the street and, you know, what your environment looks like, what you see every day, or in this case, maybe not every day, but you, what you see for the time being. <laughs> and uh, I think it's just, it's really cool to, to know that you exist outside of the square of what we are on live stream on YouTube. Speaking of live streams, Jordan, what's happening tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern? I mean, I'll be Pacific, sorry. Yes, 6 p.m. East uh, Pacific, <laughs> 9 p.m. Eastern. I'll be doing my third live stream on my channel, The Joe McFoe Show. Please check it out. Uh, I'll also be posting it in the Discord in the, I believe, the self-promotion channel, so you guys can all check it out there. And if you're not subscribed to Jordan's YouTube channel, shame on you. You should all subscribe because I know a lot of people are saying they wish we had more live streams and hangouts. If you want that, go to his channel because that's how you're going to get more hangout live streams because we just have so many other things going on. And I think this would be a great thing for everybody to try out. This Google Slideshow is available. The link is in the YouTube video description below. And thank you, Crosby, who, by the way, is the person who inspired me to do this stream. So thank you, Crosby, for your support. Link is in the YouTube video description below, and you can also access all of our slideshows on artprof.org. We will be doing a stage session where you get to talk to us on voice and ask us questions that is in the Discord and the post live stream stage channel right after this stream ends. There are many ways you can support ArtProf. You can become a monthly Patreon supporter. And we have a new service, which is artist doc editing, helping people with their resumes, editing your artist statement. I mean, I think we all hate writing these. And honestly, people really shouldn't have to do it on their own. They're so difficult to write. And so we've been helping a lot of MFA people, people applying for art school, editing their docs. So this is a service you can purchase from us if it becomes relevant at any point. Thank you to our top Patreon supporters. You are still the biggest part of our budget comes from the top Patreon supporters. And I'm so happy to report this week, we finally went up $37, but we need more. Our goal is $6,000. You get perks, you get exclusive content and newsletters. Check it out. Art Prof has a podcast. It's available on Spotify and also on iTunes and subscribe for more art tutorials, critiques, and business tips. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye.